Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today I'm going to talk about a concept that I have been using from the beginning of my career dating back to around 1989. It was an idea that came from my early addictions and substance abuse treatment experiences, and it's called the iceberg hypothesis. It is an incredibly useful concept to understand addictions, sociopathy, liars, cheaters, manipulators. And that could be someone with antisocial personality disorder, someone who has narcissistic personality disorder but is more on the covert side, or anyone who has a lot to hide. I introduced the hypothesis by explaining that what you see in an iceberg is what it cannot hide. And I explained the physics of it, that because of the laws of buoyancy, gravity, and all these other properties of physics, only so much of the iceberg is not going to be below water. And because what is seen is perceived as the whole thing, its menacing, dangerous nature is not appreciated. The warning signs of what is below it is never there. And of course, we've all seen the movie and we all know about Titanic. And they saw an iceberg. What they saw was the tip of it, but they knew too late it was going to be a horrendous, horrible tragedy. And of course, we know how that turned out. So when we are talking about covert narcissists and sociopaths and addicts or people hiding something or have a reason to hide something, part of the lie, part of the deception, part of the manipulation is impossible to hide. An addict, well, misses work, DUI, difficulties in holding down a job, changes in emotions, changes in friendships. They cannot hide those specific symptoms or indicators because it's impossible. But they depend on those being minimal enough or not serious enough to arouse suspicion or an inquiry into something deeper, something more truthful, something that is more objectively and accurately obvious and defined. So the addict might say, yes, I, I do drink a lot. And yes, I did have a DUI, but I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. But what they don't know is everything below the surface of the water. And I quote that, is the 90% part of the iceberg. As long as people cannot see the true nature of the addiction, the substance abuse, then people will accept them more 
will not hold them accountable as much and will not pull their friendship away or place limitations or boundaries on it. And many addicts are conscious of this. They know that their life is falling apart. They might not yet be at the point where they know that they're an addict and they need help. But even if they did get to that point of insight, they are not going to disclose what's below the water because they don't want to stop. And as much as they can, they're going to try to disguise the top or the tip of the iceberg. And they're going to make it look more neutral, less problematic, less consequential. So if you're a trained substance abuse evaluator, such as myself, going all the way back to the beginning of my career, you look for symptoms of the tip of the iceberg and you interpret those appropriately. And I'll give you an example. If someone tells me they got smashed or inebriated the other night. Well, that to most people is, okay, well, everyone gets drunk. Everyone gets smashed or inebriated. Or let's say they blacked out. Well, because so much of our society normalizes alcohol abuse and does not give it the attention that it deserves, people say, okay, well, he got drunk, you know, I've gotten drunk, you know, and everyone kind of goes with this either purposeful manipulation or purposeful normalization. But when I hear that, I think people that drink recreationally do not drink to the point of inebriation, impairment. And I also think that if you have a brownout, that is a direct medical symptom of an excessive amount of alcohol in the bloodstream and the brain's reaction to it. And should you have a blackout, that is a definite sign of alcohol dependency or addiction or alcoholism. Because people who do not have that problem will not drink to the point of alcohol poisoning. And that essentially is what a blackout is. So that is the example of the iceberg and the tip with alcoholism or drug addiction for any type of chemical dependency for which a person does not want to be identified, exposed, and held accountable. Now let's talk about pathological narcissists. I, if you've read my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, I use that term to account for three personality disorders, narcissistic, borderline, and antisocial personality disorder. Antisocial is the name for a sociopath. And if someone is a covert narcissist, which is narcissistic personality disorder with sociopathic traits, or a sociopath, they know who they are, they know what they do, and they are fully conscious of the need to hide what some people would consider despicable, malignant, and harmful traits of theirs. Because they don't have empathy, because they don't really care what people think as long as it does not impact them or hurt them, they just want to do what they do and not get caught. So the iceberg when applied to them, is what they can't hide. So going back to me as a clinician, when I meet someone in an intake session and they explain a job history and I find out that they cannot hold a job for any longer than six months. And then when I ask them about it, because they're sociopaths or covert narcissists, and they start to come up with these excuses about company closures, cutbacks, or one of the more significant indicators is problems with bosses and supervisors, which they explain in ways that seem to make sense. Another example of 
a sociopath or a covert narcissist is that they don't have friends or a social group that makes them happy. When asked about their social group and their friends, they say, well, I just have a few. And when they talk about them, it seems artificial. It feels forced. It feels almost rehearsed. And so now we're going beyond me being a psychotherapist and I'm in public and I see someone show incredible indifference. Perhaps they are bored, no motivation to connect with people. And as soon as someone asks them a question, they, their affect changes into this bright happiness is this a person who shows interest someone who really is getting some positives out of the conversation and then they start to ask questions and they start to interact and when that is over the person returns back to their disinterested baseline well that's what they can't hide because a sociopath cannot keep acting all the time another way of looking at the iceberg hypothesis the first way is it represents what they can't hide. The other way of looking at the iceberg is it represents what they want you to know in order to hide, what they feed you, the information that they are compelled to give you in order to not be detected, identified, to seem normal. And a few examples of that is the sociopath or the covert narcissist whose office has pictures of their children and their wife and their vacations who wears a shirt to a company outing that their child gave them and they talk about it who invites people over for dinner of course their partner does most of the work they are presenting enough information of what they know is normal that is socially accepted so they can fit in among people that are not damaged and broken and manipulative as they are. So what I consider that is the sociopath or the covert narcissist creates a backdrop in the play of their life where they are pretending to be a husband, a father, a normal person. They have to come up with something that is believable, the tip of the iceberg. And people then assume what's below it follows. If you're an addict and you use this version of the iceberg hypothesis, you tell people about your drinking and we're going we're gonna to go with alcohol. You explain to them, you know what's a problem. You come up with examples of how you're struggling with it and you're willing to go to AA or something that is not intrusive or difficult or challenging. So they are going to give enough information to show that they're aware of it, they have insight, and because of that, are willing to solve the problem without an intervention. Going back to a pathological narcissist, if let's say someone is a garden variety narcissist, someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, and they are now threatened with divorce. And it happens a lot with my clients who get better, they heal and they overcome self-love deficit disorder, which is the term I use for codependency. And as my client gets better, the heat is put on the narcissist. And over time, less and less of his manipulations, his deceit, his behind the scenes triangulation, the use of flying monkeys and all the other stuff that comes part and parcel with these individuals, they have to come up with a way to stop a person who's getting healthier because they know that if the person gets healthier, 
they're going to be left. And narcissists, just like SLDs, codependents, have a terrible time with pathological loneliness. And with pathological narcissists, this loneliness is even worse. And when the SLD gets healthy enough to finally put down boundaries and eventually realize the boundaries don't work and seeks to end, terminate or divorce the narcissist, the narcissist alarm bells go off and they have to present themselves in a way that tries to lure back the SLD. So what they show is interest in going to therapy accountability. They use what I call the humanization process. And I have a YouTube video just on that, where they make themselves believably hurt and sad. They talk about their childhood abuse. Well, they are creating the top of that iceberg that is so obvious and believable while hiding what's really below there. And the covert narcissist, as I explained earlier, uses this iceberg phenomenon rather effectively on the right people, which is mostly SLDs, but also the, the larger general population, where they meticulously create their public image to look like this altruist, this patient, giving, sacrificing, loving, committed, dedicated, wonderful person. They shine up that tip of the iceberg. They make it look absolutely beautiful, but they know that they have to make what they, people see look good because what is below is truly menacing. So when we think about the iceberg hypothesis, it is important for us who are recovering SLDs, who are either involved in my self-love recovery program, aka the codependency cure, or doing their own form of recovery elsewhere, that we have to readjust our vision, which requires us to interpret what we see. Our eyes show us something that is clearly specific and telling about a person. We have to ask ourselves, is this the whole person or is this what they can't hide or what they're only willing to show in order to hide? When we start off with that presumption, we then can look more deeply beneath the metaphoric water. We can look without saying anything, which is probably the safest thing to do, especially with sociopaths and covert narcissists, or we can look and say something and expose the person. If you guys have seen my video, don't take the mask off a covert narcissist and just run, which I suggest you do if you haven't, I highly recommend you don't expose them. You don't take the mask off. You just find a way to like exit the relationship because if you say to the metaphoric iceberg, I know you're big, bad, and menacing, and I'm going to let everyone know, well, you put that narcissist at risk of losing everything that they want that comes from their exploitation and manipulation, and they're going to do anything they can to shut you down. So I hope this idea, this concept, this hypothesis works for you because it can make a world of difference in you understanding unhealthy relationships, in waking up and allowing your eyes, your mind, all of your senses to understand what you see and make sense of what you can't to integrate into one picture of that person. So thank you for your support as usual. Should you want more information, please don't hesitate to go to selfloverecovery.com where you can get all the information about my services and what I do. And lastly, 
consider buying my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome. It will open up your eyes to see things that you could not have ever imagined and help you understand the nightmare of your life so that you can be open and willing to end it. Take care and be well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.